0: I was in a huge car wreck and my life was completely destroyed. You know, physical injuries, mental. I had a brain injury, severe PTSD, one problem after another. And God miraculously worked in some ways. Thank God I survived, my husband survived but there was a long road of recovery in terms of walking through and trying to overcome depression and anxiety. So a lot of the problems in our society today, especially the last you know, couple years, I can really resonate with them. And yet my testimony is God can do more than we can ask or imagine.
1: This is the single mom cast by Arise Ministries. I'm Mel. And I'm Pam. And we have a very special guest for you today. Marina Hoffman is the author of Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, and the owner of a very powerful story. We're going to explore how the women in the Bible can shape us and our children and be encouraged by Marina's story as well.
0: Welcome, Marina. Thank you, Mel and Pam. It's so great to be with you and all your listeners today and just bring a word of encouragement and inspiration.
1: Thank you. We are so glad you're here. She is zooming in all the way from sunny Florida. (laughs) Awesome. While we are in cold, snowy Oklahoma this day. We sure are. We're (laughs) jealous. Marina, what would you like our listeners to know about you today?
0: Well, you know, Mel, the most important truth about me is God's promise that God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. And I say that, Mel, not because it's on the forefront of my mind day after day, but because it really captures my life. About seven years ago, I was in a huge car wreck. And my life was completely destroyed. You know, physical injuries, mental. I had a brain injury, severe PTSD, one problem after another. And God miraculously worked in some ways. Thank God I survived. My husband survived. But there was a long road of recovery in terms of walking through and trying to overcome depression and anxiety. So a lot of the problems in our society today, especially the last you know, couple years, I can really resonate with them. And yet my testimony is God can do more than we can ask or imagine. Mel, if you can believe it, my prayer request seven years ago was that I would be able to take care of myself and my own hygiene needs. That was my prayer. Wow! And God did so much more than I can ask or imagine. And even beyond all the healing he brought, in the end, I even have a child, which I was told was impossible. Well, what an incredible testimony to God who takes our dreams and can do even more. Even though, Mel, sometimes it does take a while.
2: Wow, that's amazing. I just thank you so much for that testimony. As a lot of single moms came to my mind just now when you were talking about the wreck and the impossibilities. And single mom, maybe you're listening and you, you're you in that spot and you wonder, this seems so Impossible. What can possibly do? What can God possibly do? That's why you need to continue listening because you're not going to believe what's going to come off here in the next 30 minutes. But listen, can you tell us a little bit about that miracle daughter of yours, Willow? Her name's Willow, right?
0: Yes, that's right, Pam. You know, After two years of recovery, I thought I had come a long way, but I had a bunch of tests. And if you can believe it, Pam, the doctors put a sheet of paper in front of me that showed the results. And the chance of me having a child was something like 0.0001. And in the first moment, it was devastating because I had tried so hard to get my body back in shape. And yet, on the other hand, it was a relief because the burden on me was completely lifted. I realize now this is a God-sized prayer. And this, if anything's going to happen, if I have a child, it will be because of God's miraculous intervention. So how incredible in the months to follow that I did get pregnant. And Pam, when I say God does more than we can ask or imagine, would you believe that that pregnancy, my little girl kicked out all of the remaining scar tissue that was really deep down that no one could help me with. And even my depression left through pregnancy with all the hormonal changes. So again, what a miracle child and a miracle that she brought me even through the pregnancy.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Mm, wow. Love that. Marina, we have
1: looked through your Bible study that you wrote for small groups, and it all focuses on women in the Bible. So I'm assuming that these women in the Bible mean a lot to you and possibly helped you through that season. So, why is it so important for us to know about moms and women in the Bible?
0: You said it Mel, that season was so hard in my life and I had studied these women's a- academically in school and university and in my doctorate. But here I came from such a different perspective, a perspective of personal and struggle and how incredible that these women had gone through so many of the same struggles as me. And I found inspiration from their stories of courage and leadership and triumph and overcoming. And then, Mel, of course, with having a daughter, I need to teach her these stories to know what God is able to do in her own life. And even for boys, I think, you know, we want our young boys to respect women. We tell them this, right? But why should they? not only because we ask them to as their moms, but also because God has such a high view of women and God has done incredible things through their lives. So really, I think we need these models and we can't only look to people like Abraham, Noah, David in the Bible. We need to give a voice to these stories and make sure the next generation knows how incredible women are in God's eyes.
2: That is so beautiful. And I just love that because as you were talking about the impossibility it just looked totally impossible. I'm reminded of and you may cover it I know you covered it in your book about Rahab that that she faced impossible situations, opportunities to fear, but she saw that every every devastation was an opportunity to trust. And that's just your beautiful example of that. But let me just ask you, can you talk to us about what these stories in the Bible tell us about God's view of women?
0: Yes, Pam, and you talking about Rahab is such a perfect connection You know, all of these women faced these kinds of struggles, right? They had cultural limitations, social, legal limitations. They had major struggles. But as you know, Pam, with God, there is no limitation. There is no challenge to break through to God because God is the same yesterday and today. He speaks to women, He hears their prayers, He answers, He meets their needs even in their moments of greatest desperation. And Rahab is a beautiful example of that. So how important to know that God um, helps women and also chooses to do incredible things through them. They are instruments of salvation and deliverance over and over again in the Bible. So to me, Bam, it's so encouraging as I face struggles to know that God can truly, again, do more than we can ask or imagine.
2: That's right. And I just wanna remind you, mom, that as we talk about this, the principle that I think about is that God is not limited to your past. It is to you think it's limiting to you, but it's actually the ground that God uses to do the miracle. And so just Marina's gonna to talk to us a little bit about how to move forward in this situation. So yeah.
1: Marina, I I love that you you know that you've been able to create this this book Out of your pain and these women, the the pain that the women had, and I know that our listeners, while they are thinking about themselves, always the first thought is their children. You know this as a mom. uh, We're only as happy. As, or only as what is it? What is the saying? We're only as happy as our status child. child. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's just always, no matter where we're at and everything that I'm going through, and I know that our moms are going through, we link it back to our children. And and so I wanted to ask you sort of a, a parenting question here. There are so many influences on our children more than we ever had. They have the world in their hands in their pockets through their phones. I always wonder how how do we help our kids? How do we be the voice that they actually listen to among all the other voices that they hear. What have you learned about women in the Bible and parenting your um, your miracle about that?
0: Yeah, I think you're so right. One. One thing that really brings all of our hearts and minds together as parents is the knowledge and constant awareness of the negative influences bombarding our children. And I know with Willow, she might only be three and a half, but I desperately want her to grow up to love Jesus and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a couple things I remind myself of now. One is my example. Of all the influences in Willow's life, I remember every day my example is the most important. The things I say, the way I say them, my actions, these speak volumes to her. And I think sometimes as children grow up, they can move a little bit away from us, but they will never forget that example that we install in them. So it's so important to remember all the time, even though it's so challenging, but our children are watching and learning from us, and our example will be a guide for life. And then I think, Mel, another point, in addition to always keeping in mind the example we're setting, is to take that time to talk to them every day. And when your values as a mom collide with what they're learning, I think we need to take a moment and to say how is this an opportunity that we can teach our children to stand up for what we believe and we can again instill in them our perspective. And if we want them to be leaders and examples and to make an impact on others, I think we need to remember not to push them to the ordinary and the typical, not to be one of the crowd, but to say it's okay to stand out even if you're the only person standing up. But you go to school today or, or homeschool, whatever the situation is, you go out into your world and you'll be a leader today and you represent Christ and even praying that over them every morning. Wow, what an impact we can make on their life against all these negative influences and voices.
2: You know, I love that the power of your words is so valuable to mothers and often you single mothers feel like you're invisible or that you don't matter or your children aren't listening. but I'm telling you now because my children are raised and have their own. I'm stunned today at what they tell me I said that I don't even remember and I hope, some of yeah, hopefully it's good, but I'm just saying that they remember your words and they do matter. So you know Marina, can you tell me, can you give us an example? maybe I was thinking of perhaps how how do you teach Willow about values? Even at such a young age, she's just three and a half, right?
0: Oh, Pam, my whole day is filled with installing values in her, to be honest. I feel like all I do is either affirm her or nag get her to, you know, be that example, be the one who doesn't push, be the one who always shares. Even last night, I had a long lecture to her. She shared, but she did it with so much attitude, Pam. She threw a little fit and walked away because she <laughs> had to share. So we had a long discussion about sharing with a smile on your face, Um, but you know, another, just a bit of a general value, I want her to be a person who attends church, who has worship in God as part of her daily life. And especially on Sundays. So Pam, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. That means I need to go to church every Sunday because I can't expect her to hit 12 or 15 and suddenly a switch turns off and now she'll start attending church every Sunday. So I think just knowing whatever age your children are at, set those routines and habits, And I think of a prayer meeting we went to last Monday. I didn't really want to go. I was tired. But, you know, that's the moment, right? To say, I want Willow to be in a prayer meeting, even if she's the youngest by 18 years. Doesn't matter. Sure enough, we went. And there she was praying over and over for all the topics that we were asked to pray for. So, again, just setting that routine. And it comes back to example, doesn't it, Pam? Just setting an example and letting them be participants, even in our own spiritual journey.
2: You know, I love that. I want to talk to, right now to the mom who is listening, and her children are older, and she didn't do that, Marina, when when her children were three, and she's feeling defeated right now, and she's feeling like, I'm a failure. I It's too late. Um, I want to tell you now, if I'm speaking to your heart, it's not what we do that— that moves god to move in our children though it's very very helpful it's what he chooses to do and what he has chosen to do so maybe your journey hadn't been like that so far but take heart because god is not finished with your story or your children's story yet it's never too late to start being an example and trusting god with maybe lost time because to him it's just part of their story so i wanted to encourage you in that
1: Marina, my favorite part of that story was that you said, "I affirm and I nag." <laughs> I, <like laughs> I think that's very balanced. <laughs> very balanced. I always tell people, "I prayed and yelled. I prayed and yeah. yelled." <laughs> that's where we're at. Um, and, and just the reminder that you keep telling us through these stories that. Our kids are listening through their eyes just as much as through their ears and they really are watching us. And I just think that sometimes that takes the pressure off when you don't have the words or you don't know how to connect with them because maybe they're a 13-year-old boy and who knows how to connect with a 13-year-old boy. So you just keep doing the next right thing because he's watching you or she's watching you. And so I just love, I love that reminder.
2: Mm -hmm. That is just wonderful. You
0: know, um... Mel, this reminds me of a situation I had maybe a year ago. So I'm saying Willow is about two and a half. And there was a kid in the Sunday school that was an absolute brat. And to the point of kicking and hurting her, she came home with a bloody mouth one day. And I remember I didn't know what to do. And this is that moment so many of us find in, right? What's the right answer? What do we do? I don't know. So Willow and I go on a long walk at a very slow pace with the two-year-old. And I say, Willow, what are we going to do? This boy is a bully. We talk about that. He hurt you. What do we do? Should you not go back to Sunday school? She looks at me as if I have no knowledge of anything. She's like, Mom, all we have to do is pray for him wow did that hit me like wow right so there we go she's like mom we'll pray right now and every day willow wanted to go on what she called a prayer walk i don't think i ever said that to her she wanted to pray for this boy and he would his heart would be changed like in beauty and the beast and he would become a beauty and not a beast right so she was getting things way beyond what i ever suspected and sure enough, the story has a pretty good ending. He changed a lot. You know, it was still a challenge. But the fact that I knew she was going into Sunday school with a heart for her, for this boy, it just goes to show we don't need to have all the answers, right, Mel? We just sometimes need to bring them on the journey and pray about the problems we face together.
1: Yeah, I have to tell you both. Uh hilarious story that has to do with this um, I, I worked for a church as my boys were growing up and one of uh, the church that I worked for I had to sign in on this little board um, on the wall in the office so that they knew what staff was there and then I would mark my name out when I was leaving and I get a call from my son's Sunday school teacher and she was just frustrated and she was like I need you to come down here um, and he had wrote his name on the wall. <laughs> With a marker. And she was like, this is so inappropriate, you know, and uh, whether she handled it right or not, I knew exactly why he did it. And I kind of chuckled and she got really frustrated with me. And I looked at him and I said, Aiden, why did you do that? And he said, we have to let him know we're here. And I tried to explain to her and he was maybe he had just learned to write his name and he was so excited in all his life. He had seen me write my name on this little board. And then he was like, I will mark it out when I leave (laughs) because that's what we did. And I just think in a sense, he I had being to, obeyed. Yes. He's like, this is what we do. We write our name on the wall when we enter a church. So I had to explain to him why I did that that's so funny. that he wasn't just visiting all the local <laughs> churches with his name on the wall. Yes. But um, she was not too happy that I chuckled in yeah. that moment. But that's another example of that we're teaching them things even when we... We don't know that we are. So. Yes. I'll
2: let, get your paint out, church. Aiden's coming,
1: he, right? We Well, we, we corrected. It. Okay, it's, good. And, and now we're more digital. So, yes, you know. Good. So, well, Marina, let's shift to uh, your Bible study because I know it's a huge passion of yours and it's so incredible. I am just so curious, who is your favorite mom in the Bible study?
0: Well, I really love Hannah, and I think your listeners won't be surprised. Her story is a reflection so much of my own journey and my own struggle. And, you know, I know there's a lot of single moms listening, and there's a sense in which Hannah is alone and single. She does have a husband. She has a priest, but neither of them understand her situation. So there's a real sense that she is alone in her struggle. What does she do? She brings her her burden her desire her dream to god in a prayer that is so filled with emotion it's a beautiful prayer it's a very raw prayer and then she trusts god and you know mel there's this amazing verse after she prays she gets up she eats and she goes on her way and her face was no longer downcast and a lot of us can resonate with feeling like our face is downcast because the challenges we're facing seem so impossible so how beautiful to look to Hannah's example and say God I can give you this I can speak very honestly and transparently but then I can leave it in God's hands and although the sorrow is there and although the heartache is there I can hold my head up and face this day and move forward in faith because God's got this
2: he does have this, and I just love that. That's such a beautiful, beautiful testimony of of Hannah uh, entrusting her children to God, knowing she had to know God's character. She she sought God earnestly in prayer. Nothing was left unsaid with her, and she demonstrated that faith through obedience. And um, I don't blame you for her being one of your favorites. But, you know, Marina, it sounds like Hannah and, and really our single moms have something in common— and that they face a lot of challenges Uh, we know that they do so marina and mel both what is one of the challenges you face as a mom that might be helpful to our moms today
0: well i'll love to start pam and say i think a lot of these women in the bible and us today are trying so hard to resist the voices of culture around us to conform to compromise our values and you know we talk about hannah she comes after the time of the judges and what was going on in culture it says everyone was doing as they see please So how amazing that Hannah doesn't do what she wants to do and what she thinks is right, but yet she stands up for faith and righteousness. It's a beautiful example. And I think me too, you know, the challenge to say, what is God calling me to? And even if I'm the only one standing, I will do it. And that witness to my daughter, to our children, will hopefully bear the fruit that they too will people who, who will stand for what's right and be a leader and not feel the pressure to conform in a society where other voices are screaming at us.
2: Yeah. Mel, hmm. how about you? What's the challenge you face as a mom?
1: On, if I'm honest, I think the biggest challenge that I have not learned to overcome in 19 years of being a mom is m- guilt I often will think of something that I said. My oldest is nineteen. I, I I have a memory of something I said to him when he was three years old. Why am I still thinking about that? He doesn't remember, and 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 I know better because I do know that Scripture is defends that through Jesus Christ. If if you read through Romans, it's saying that since we have been justified by faith, we have peace in God through Jesus Christ. It says, um, I love Romans 8.1 that says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and I will tell my boys that when they feel ashamed or they feel guilty, but I just, for some reason, Pam, I can't figure out how to remember that for myself as a mom. Mm-hmm. I can remember it for other things, but when it comes to motherhood, for whatever reason, I just am so bad about feeling mom guilt. Yes, I know. <laughs> How I mean, do we get over that? Pam? You know, well, Help well, I tell <laughs> you
2: what, um, you know, if you look up motherhood in the dictionary, the first word next to it is probably guilt-ridden mm-hmm. because um, for many moms, you know, we, we have expectations of what we want them to be, and we can't even be what we want them to be. We, can, they can't, even live in, uh, we can't even live up to that example. And I just yeah. think that is something that we have to continue to give to the Lord and, and realize that that you didn't have a perfect mom, and you turned out great, and you have to let that go, all of us that have that guilt, and say, God, use it for good, and teach me as we move forward, and God will. But I, you know, I just really want to say that one reason I love doing these podcasts with Mel is because she's always vulnerable. And we like to hear people, we like to hear about their faults, their failures, and their frustrations. And then we feel like we can connect with them. At least I do. And so I always enjoy doing it with Mel because she will reveal her faults, her failures, her frustrations, and I hope I can do the same. And that's hopefully why you enjoy listening to the Rise podcast, the MomCast. So we want to continue being that because we're all in this journey together, moving towards the throne. Really and truly, none of us want to hurt our kids doing the best we can as we move along. So thank you for that. Thanks, Pam. So um, Mel, what else do we want to ask her? Marina, I, I knew another one of the,
1: the women in your study is Naomi. Um, and I love this story. It is so, if, if, if our moms haven't read it, um, I would encourage you just, just Google the story of Naomi. If you're too um, taken back by, you know, the size of the Bible or you've never really read it, just Google it. But can you tell us what she teaches us about being a mom?
0: yes when we read the story of naomi in the book of ruth we find that naomi is a woman who endures so much suffering Right, she loses her husband and then she loses her two sons. But the life of Naomi also shows us that motherhood comes in many forms because despite this great loss in her life of her own children, she gained the deep love of her daughter-in-laws. So it's a beautiful story to study because Naomi must have been such a kind and loving woman, right, the mom we all want to be like to earn that loyalty of her two daughter-in-laws. And how wonderful that one of these women, Ruth, who we're familiar with, ends up entwining her future with Naomi. Ruth trusts Naomi and her advice, takes her advice, and as everything works out for Ruth and she has a beautiful and new future, that comes back to Naomi and she is blessed with a grandchild. So again, it comes back to this theme we're talking about of our example and our lasting impact that we have as moms on the next generation.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to me that this story of Naomi involves adult children. Um, I'm right there. I have a 13 and a 19-year-old, and I thought that once he turned 18, I was just done, Pam. Mm -hmm. I thought my job was done. Mm -hmm. It's not. I knew. (laughs) But this example of parenting from Naomi, it emphasizes that to be a mom is really, and this is going to be exciting for some of you and daunting for others, it's really a lifelong role. Yeah, it's
0: beautiful. And as we talked earlier about adult children, how often they come back, right? And they never forget. They have those stories of the things we did that impacted them when... we, they were so little and i think as women of faith we also remember this additional responsibility to make things more daunting now is that we bear christ right we are christ to our children i remember when willow was just born every day it was overwhelming for me to realize she she did not know jesus yet i was jesus to her in my words and actions so what a beautiful challenge to just continue to grow and I love your comments earlier you know being a person of faith being a mom of faith it's not about having arrived I really think a key to growing our children in spiritual ways is about bringing them on our journey and when we are frustrated not to pretend that we have it together but to say you know what I'm sorry that you're facing this struggle. I want to fix it for you. I don't know how to do it, but can we stop and pray? And can we ask God to show us what we can do, how you can handle it in your little world and bigger worlds, right, when they're teenagers, and how I can help you, how I can support you and to trust that God will show us the way. And sometimes, Mel, maybe that makes a bigger impact than putting on our mom voice and saying, oh, this is how we deal with it, right? But just bring them in that journey. Say, let's take three days and just give it to God. Give it to God. God is going to help us with this challenge as God has helped us all the way through our lives together. Yeah, that's wonderful.
1: Pam, right before we started this podcast, your phone rang and it was your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I love watching you and her <laughs> relationship. Pam said, I love you. I can't talk right now. I got to do a podcast. And But you always answer and, and she calls you a lot. And I love that. And so I'm wondering, uh, you're in a, a different you know place than Marina and I are where you are parenting adult children. What is
2: one thing that you can tell us about parenting adults? Mm, well, I am still learning myself, and my children now have their own children, and so that's another layer when you have grandchildren. But I can say this, when your children are 18 and 19 and are sort of out of the house, that is a that's just a, a, a blurry... Um, it's hard to tell them because they're still in the home, but they're not quite out yet. So that's a transition time for you and your kids. So when you're talking about adult children, I'm going to move on into the 20s and 30s and say just a few things about them really quick. And first of all, moms, you need to know your role. Your role will change. And that's very hard as mothers to let go. And so I'm giving you a heads up. Your role will change when they're in their mid-20s and, and, and they move forward. So you have to know your role, what it is. You have to, of course, as always, and you should know you've been doing this all your life, pray for wisdom because when they get older, unsolicited opinions can come across as criticism and they push you away. So you got to pray for wisdom, when to keep your mouth shut, which is really quite often, and to pray silently and give them space and room to grow into the person God's trying to move them into because it needs to be their faith now. And then, as always, Mel and Marina, just love them unconditionally. Accept the people that they are. And these are helpful hints that have worked with me and my kids. So, I, Can I say I loved that you
1: said 18 and 19 and 20 is blurry. Mm-hmm. There could not be a better word to <laughs> describe where I'm personally at mm-hmm. with, with, you know, my 19-year-old. So I'm like, oh, blurry. That is just, that. I don't even know if you meant to be helpful, but okay. that really helped me. Well, good. That well, it's okay that it's blurry. Yes,
2: because I, the reason why it came to my mind this week, Mel, is we have a single mom that I uh door and she has eighteen nineteen and some things I have told her don't really quite come into focus yet with her because she still has to check on her and do things and yeah. so, so anyway. I was thinking of one of our precious moms. But anyway, Marina, can you tell us about your study? What can readers expect?
0: Sure, Pam, the book has eight independent studies which could be split into two if it was a big group. There's lots of questions and women always ask me, what are the women included? So there's Sarah and Hagar. There's Tamar, the midwives, Rahab. Pam, you talked about her a little bit. Naomi and Ruth, Hannah, Esther, and of course the mother of Jesus, Mary. And each chapter provides background information so there's no extra work for the leaders to do. And then we just go through the the story verse by verse with short questions and insights and lots of opportunities to learn from one another, which I love the most about studying God's word in community. And when the reflection questions are done, the group can pray together or I've offered a prayer. So I hope leaders aren't intimidated at all. It's for really all walks of faith and how great when we all come together. I know you'll say that, Pam and Mel, because you're an example of that, right? Just sharing together, learning from one another. And there's also my own personal reflections in a free video series that your listeners can find on my website, which is womeninthebible.info.
2: I do love that. And I want to make a comment on one of those mothers, that you mentioned Esther, and I just love her because I think of our single moms, that God invites her into his presence. And mom, wherever you are today, wherever you're facing, God is inviting you now into his presence. And just like he made a way for Esther and gave her an unexpected breakthrough, he wants to do that for you. So tell us real quickly, um, uh, Marina, how can listeners get your Bible study and connect with you?
0: My Bible is on, sorry, my book is on Amazon. It's about thirteen fifty, and listeners can connect with me. I would love if they would do so at my website, womeninthebible.info.
1: Very good. Awesome. Marina, we have loved having you on the podcast today. Your personal stories and your knowledge of women in the Bible, I think is just so powerful. And I'm wondering as we close, I just have one final question for you. What does God say to single moms today?
0: Well, Mel, as you raise your frustration, we can be so hard on ourselves, right? Whether it's guilt or for me, it's more just feeling like I fail all the time. I look at Willow, she's incredible, and yet I feel like a failure. That's not from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. God, even when we do fail, right, God is filled with forgiveness and grace to us. He delights in us. Even when we mess up, God delights in us. And whatever our shortcomings are, God is with you, ladies. He is helping you. He is guiding you. To all the listeners, I would say try your I would say try your best to stay close to God. Stay in his word. Right? That's why I wrote the Bible study. I hope that your listeners are inspired by women in the Bible and that God is with them and that God is gonna do incredible things to them, whether they're a great leader like Esther, or whether they're just doing their daily job like the midwives. So God is with you. God will do great things, God will give you everything you need to be the mom to those children.
2: You know, you have been so delightful and given us so much to think about. And I'm so, so grateful for your time. And I am so on fire about your Bible study. We are really excited to get that out there. So, you know what? In closing, I just want to say this Marina, you said earlier that you had a God sized prayer. So I'm asking our moms today do you have a God sized prayer? you know no word or name in scripture is ever wasted it's always useful every verse every chapter every book is god breathed in fact second timothy says that it's useful it's useful for teaching it's useful for correcting and training training. Hello. That's what you're doing. You're training. And the Bible is your source. It is your source for you, for me, for us, for moms, your daughters. But you know, scripture was written back then. Um, I mean the scripture written back then, um, women were more possessions than treasures, but that's the beauty of Christ that you are his treasure. Uh, He's given you—he's treated you with respect and love and honor, and you are so, so, so valuable to him. You know, in closing, I want to mention Hannah one more time because I think about her. Her child was—Samuel was three years old when she had to drop him off at the temple. And I—can you imagine what that was like going back to the temple, Mom? Three years old. Dropping your child off because you're obeying God. Yet the Scripture says that she said, "My heart exalts and and triumphs in my in and my strength." Moms, do you need strength today? My strength is lifted up in the Lord. There is no rock for life like God, and God honored her. And of course, God used Samuel and changed a nation into that. So, moms, the greatest thing I want you to leave with today concerning your children. The greatest gift you can give to God is what Hannah did. It's entrusting them to God, releasing them to the Lord. Otherwise, they become your idols and you get trapped. Release them to the Lord and only then can their faith become their own. May God bless you as you move forward. And Thank you so much for joining us at Arise Single Momcast.